They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. of the Juan Juan podcast where everything you thought you knew is a lie. On this episode we talk to Mark Sargent. Mark is a flat earther. He considers himself the freshman recruiter of the Flat Earth University, this hypothetical place where flat earthers get together, right? And I feel that you don't really understand the whole truth unless you take a look at the whole picture. You know, how can you know the whole thing if you only take a, a look at one part of it? So, Flat Earth has always been a thing that I knew about but didn't really dive into. I'm not really convinced about it, but it's a possibility. I talk about a lot, a lot of things on here that, that are crazy on the show. Flat Earth, why not, right? So I reached out to Mark, super, super cool guy. He's been on uh, on a few documentaries, especially the one that, uh, or most notably the one on Netflix. I believe it's called Behind the Curve. You could check him out on there and then obviously check out his YouTube channel. But yeah, we just go into Flat Earth, what some of the evidence behind it is, you know, the reptilian overlords are really making us think that the globe is fake and the world is flat so without further ado this is flat earth with mark Sargent. live welcome to the show mark thank you so much for coming on my little show i know you're a busy guy <laughs> but i felt like i needed to reach out to you and obviously you got back to me so that's great how are you doing today man I'm doing well, and thanks for having me. And again, not not a big deal. Look, I've done everything from uh, junior high schools. In fact, I just did a, a high school uh, 
15 minutes ago in uh, in East East Los Angeles. And I've also done major networks. So, no, I'm never going to be one of those people that be like, ah, you're too small. I'm never going to talk to you. <laughs> no. It's like, why yeah. do my show when you can be on tinfoil hats, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's all sorts of stuff. Look, it, it, it go getting that's part of what I do. I mean, I try to talk to as many people as possible, and uh, if I have the time, by God, I'm gonna do it. Right on. So, Mark, this is a question that I ask everybody who comes on the show. Mm-hmm. Who is Mark Sargent? <laughs> You don't ask everybody who who is Mark Sargent because a lot Not of people. Not Mark Sargent, but. Nah. <laughs> um, that's really flattering that you would ask everybody that. Um, no, I'm just well. Officially, I'm the uh, freshman recruiter for a metaphorical place called Flat Earth University, which is scattered across the internet. Um, that's that's basically it. I'm I'm uh, a nice guy who started his career in playing video games for a living, believe it or not, uh, back in the 90s, and then got into proprietary tech support and was really naive. I grew up on a, on a really rural island north of Seattle where, you know, they you know at night they roll up the sidewalks and shut, up, shut all the lights off. And when I got into conspiracies, I just kind of, I had an opinion on it. It was like, wow, there's some really interesting stuff out there, you know, stuff that you're not going to see on the news. And then... When I got into this, all the other conspiracies became second, second rate, you know, second tier. But yeah, that's that's really what I am. I, this is what I do now, twenty four seven. This is this is I get up every morning and and look at the new the world news and look <laughs> at the flat Earth stories and try to analyze what's going on and spread the word. That's what I do. Right on. So, you know. Again, and I'm going on record to say this, I'm not a journalist. I'm not here to attack you. I'm not here to debate you. I like this isn't a conspiracy podcast either. You know, this is a (laughs) this is a podcast about different. It's going to be an archive for me about different weird things that I'm into. But I love conspiracies. Right. So before we get into it, I just, you know, full disclaimer, I am biased towards it. I've listen to all you know i've listened to podcasts you've been on i've looked at the videos uh i think what's that guy's name dubay i watched that video when it was first out uh i've seen it i've seen it all and again last week i did an episode on hollow earth you know what i mean i like that idea as well because it blows my mind that we want to colonize other planets if they're even real and we'll get into that uh, yeah. Without facing, we don't even know what's at the bottom of our oceans. We don't even know what happens in a one by one square of soil. Right. You know what I mean? Let right. alone that we want to go and colonize other planets. So uh, I think it's perfect that yesterday I went to, I'm in Florida, I went mm-hmm. to Kennedy Space Center. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know what I like about the flat Earth uh, model and the theory or hypothesis, whatever you want to call it, is that it ties into. Well, another another hypothesis that I love the simulation theory, right? Sure. The the projections in the sky of the moon or the projection in the sky of the of the seven, the the planets, you know, the the, the Elohim, whatever you want to call. It. There's different names for it. Yeah. But I when I was there and I was looking at all these rockets and these models and stuff like that, I said one thing to myself, and and this remember this is after a week of doing research on your stuff. I said, you know, Mark says that pretty much space is fake 
I'm yeah. an I'm an amateur astronomer. You know, I look up at the stars through my telescope, and I and I and I see celestial bodies, and yeah. I said, "Damn it!" And I and I told my fiance this, and I said, "This is a lot of work for it to all be fake." <laughs> but then well, a, lot there, of, there, a lot of work for us sure i mean our engineering skills are are tiny by comparison you know but yeah. look at i mean to the ant it looks like a lot of work you know the ant farm that we build but for us it's like oh no we can put that together in 30 minutes yeah um, you're right you're right we're yeah talking... for something that you don't understand i could see where that could be an issue you're right yeah, I mean, think about it this way, and and I've had this dis- discussion with a lot of people. I had an am- several am- amateur astronomers come at me. It's like, look, I can see the moons of Jupiter through mm-hmm. my telescope. It's like, fine, take a pair of binoculars, go to a planetarium, and I know that dates me because nobody goes to planetariums anymore. Planetarium, just so you know, kids, is a, um, a domed structure, like a small sports stadium, mm-hmm. but where the seats are, where you can basically lie back in the you seats. You hear Neil deGrasse Tyson narrating it. Yeah, <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson area, and, uh, and the planets and the stars are just lights on the ceiling. And I say, take a pair of binoculars to uh, one of these planetariums and, and look at Jupiter. Does it look spherical? Yes, it does. And I go, can you land on it? They go, well, no, it's just an image on the ceiling. I go, it's my point. I go, if you walk out of that building, who's to say you're just not in a much, much bigger building with more lights on the ceiling, which has got engineering built in? You know, come on. We've had, what, HD television for not even 20 years? That's mm-hmm. HD television. There's kids growing up now. It's like, wait, there used to be, you know, cheap television, like crappy television. It's like, yeah, but we didn't know it was crappy. What happens, you know, we've got, what, 8, 4K going on 8K now? Yeah. What yeah. if you had million K monitors? What could you do with that sort of tech? You know, what what could you fool? Which You know, who could you fool? Which is why I use the Truman Show as a great reference. If you spent a couple billion dollars, could you build a planetarium that was so big and if somebody was born inside it, could you fool them? Yeah, you could. Because, the, and it's such a great line from that movie, we believe the world that, that is presented to us. Well, look at The Matrix. Look the at The Matrix. Perfect example. The, you know. the, the Matrix is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful movie and its rival, uh, The 13th Floor, Amazing. which was based on a German movie from the 70s called World on a Wire, which is based on a book in the 60s called uh, Simulcron 3. No, no small coincidence there that simulcron simulation and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. yeah i mean it, it it blows my mind and i i even talk about this in my last book in the, in the last chapter where which is i'd love to talk to people more about simulations but the the general public doesn't understand it they still no. don't i mean the matrix is 21 years old <laughs> oh, and... it's, it's like morpheus it's, it's so hard to understand that we're in a simulation and that book that you're talking about is the one that he opens up at the beginning and yeah. he uh takes the the what the hell was it? The tapes or something out of it? Uh, Neo at the beginning of the movie. They they put that book in there. Oh right 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 right. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. The um the yeah most people, which is also why Morpheus says we don't free minds after a certain age, because you just can't take it. You know you really have a hard time, uh, especially which is why flat Earth skews younger. Uh, it was amazing, you know, that um, the U.gov survey that came out some years ago where they found but they noticed that the 18 to 20, 24 year olds were skewing a full third against the globe. And it's like, really? And that really that, that spooked science badly to where that's wow. when National Geographic called me and, and other people called me and and said that we could be <laughs> causing harm. But what blew me away was when under 18 were skewing, pushing 50 percent. Now, of course. 50% anonymously. If you put them in a group of people, it's like, raise your hand if you think, no, no, they're not raising their freaking hand because of peer pressure. 
Um, look up. There's a wonderful. Um, I don't know if you watch any gaming videos, but there's a wonderful video by a gamer called Asmon Gold, where he did a little straw poll and he said, "Is the Earth flat actually?" You know, just threw it up there, and it's. It was. I think we were scoring 53%, and you know, you know, what was it? 120 votes a second were were wow. flying that thing. And it was amazing. So sorry, so, I, I'm going off track. It's Whatever. all good, man. I, I got a few. I got some questions for you. So obviously, we're talking about flat Earth, and what got you started into looking at the flat Earth model? Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You got into it what in 2014, and you made your yeah, first video. yeah, yeah. Middle of 2014 was when I looked into it. Worst mistake of my life because you were trying I, to troll people, weren't you? You were trying to make a troll video, and then it turned no, out to- no, not even. Uh, in 2014, I wasn't doing anything. I was literally just having a peaceful, stay out of history's way life, you know, drinking wine and eating popcorn and watching movies and playing games, and um. Then all of a sudden, you know, I, I was going through, I'd gone through just about every conspiracy I could think of. It's like, okay, this I like, this I don't like. And it, and I didn't want to look at Flat Earth, and I did. And then I said, well, this is silly. I mean, Flat Earth, is, there's, obviously it's not real, right? It can't be real. So I tried to disprove it for, you know, week after week. And I, I was getting more and more frustrated to where that's when, you know, February of 2015, where I said, you know what? I'm just going to take a shot here, and I'm going to make a video or series of videos in this case. And really short, you know, less than 15 minutes long, put them out on the Internet and, and say, OK, I don't think it's a globe anymore. Here's why. Tell me where I screwed up. And honest to God, you know, just wait. It's like, OK, some some academics going to say, OK, well, here's where you screwed up. And then you can you know, go back to your normal life. And it was the opposite. People just started. Uh, no, I no time was I trying to troll anybody. I was literally just saying, you know, Internet hive mind, help me out. Tell me where I made where I made a mistake. And. People started calling me from all walks of life, and it was the subject matter experts between 2015 and 2016, which blew me away. All branches of the armed forces, uh, engineers, pilots, um, surveyors, uh, air traffic controllers, take your pick. I mean, there was just all these all these people that got a hold of me, and they said, you know what? Not that crazy. Here's why. And <laughs> I put them, you know, I interviewed them. I, you know, did a little podcast of my own on, on TFR, and um, interviewed these people, put them in a big list and just started pumping out more and more videos on a regular basis. And it just kept growing and growing to where now, uh, it's just gotten ridiculous. I mean, we have conferences and, and I, I, I can't even go to all the conferences that are in different countries. We have regional meetups, hundreds and hundreds of regional meetups all over the country and outside this country. And, and, uh, I've done two books, uh, documentary, um, and this point, I, hell, I might even have an agent next week. So wow, yeah, no. who know? Yeah, that's funny where you know where life takes you. But yeah. So in in a quick breakdown, crash course, uh, yeah. what is flat Earth? Can you take us through? Obviously, flat. It's not a yeah, globe. It's, what does it consist of? It's not just flat, but it's enclosed. So you're talking about you're living in right now. We're, we're taught, of course, that we're on this tiny little rock with a little bit of gas and water on top of it. And it's flying through space. You know, this impossible vacuum, this massive, massive universe, which is 99 percent wasted space. But what we're saying is that you're in a building basically like the Truman Show, like a basically a shallow sports stadium that's not in space at all. It could be sitting anywhere. It could be sitting on you know, God's desk for all we know. And um, it has walls and a floor and a ceiling. And uh, it'd be like if you take your, your favorite covered sports stadium. And I know they don't have a lot of covered ones down in um, Florida. 
But if you take a, a, like the Superdome and you hollow it out and you put a big saltwater lake in the middle of it and then put some islands in the middle of that, which would be our continents, and then surround the entire outside of it with ice, which would be Antarctica. Um, Antarctica isn't, of course, the, the end of the world, but it's the beginning of the end to where the Antarctic coastline, if you went thousands of miles inland, I have absolutely no doubt that you would run into the edge of, of the world. It's not... It's not like Thor, where it's the cosmic waterfall. You know, everyone. That's the, the probably the biggest mistake is people say it's oh this flying asteroid, this flat asteroid in space. It's like no, no, there's no space. There doesn't have to be space. In fact, the only reason you think there's space is because you've been told that over and over and over and over again for all these years. You know, we, why the, people get hung up on that a lot. To where I've I've literally had people come back at me and say, oh, it's like okay, the moon landing was fake. We get that, but you can't tell me that like. Everything else is fake too. I was going. If the moon landing was fake, why would you believe anything else? Mm-hmm. So. They they've been caught lying, and that's my that's my problem. You know, when I was at Kennedy Space Center, because I look into all this stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And when you tell people, and I want to get your input on this, when you tell people about other conspiracy theories, 9/11 was an inside job. Oh, for sure. The yeah. Earth is flat. No, no, no. It's no, not. No. It's this and that. Yeah. Why the hostility and the dogma towards it? You it's, know what I mean? It's too big. That, that's why. I um, mean, you're absolutely right. Um, I've had, in fact, the, some of our biggest detractors are 9-11 fans where, you know, 9-11, you know, inside job. Everybody knows this. And 9-11 is not, you know, it's, it's been 20 something, 20 years, 20 years mm-hmm. since since 9-11 was uh, a thing. And, and people come to me, it's, you know, I can shut it down in a, in a, a one sentence. They say, well, 9-11 knows real. It's like, really? Tell me about Building 7. You can yeah. Explain building seven yeah to controlled me. demolition. Yeah, a lot of people don't know about that Dro- building, though. Yeah, building seven wasn't hit by anything; just dropped. But mm-hmm. in fact, it's amazing how many people don't even know that building seven was a thing, yeah. because the island was evacuated hours earlier, and so there's it just never the news didn't talk about it. But they come back and say, no, 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 um, the the flatter thing. It's it's too big. It's it's because you can't walk away from it. That's why. That what I like to say about conspiracies is that most conspiracies you can walk away from if you wanted to. There are some secrets you can bury in the desert, no question. But flat Earth is literally just, and figuratively as well, yeah, by the way. <laughs> go go outside of Vegas. There's a yeah. lot of bodies out mm-hmm. there. Um, not not just Area 51. I mean, Area 51 is a real thing, but you don't Egypt. have to think. You don't have to think about it. Flat Earth. Is again, which is why it's so like the Matrix, is you're telling a person that the world isn't what they think it is. And you might as well be telling about the Matrix. And you saw what happened to Neo. He freaks out. And and that wasn't wasn't a, a bad depiction because lots of people, I've talked to people, they they go through the five stages of, of acceptance. You know, denial followed by anger, bargaining, depression, and then finally acceptance. They, they get upset. Really, really, I had a guy call me, um, uh, I was on a radio show, wow, back in 2015. And he, he said that his father worked for NASA. And he's and he literally was yelling at me. And he was older than I was. And he goes, he goes, How dare you? How dare you tell me the world isn't what I think it is? And there there that was it right there, which was your if your conditioning is so so complete, it, you know, and we're talking if you go through twelve years of high school, okay, here, here's the big one. The, the here's the big reason. You want the, the short version of why people get so bent out of shape. It's because of the American flag. Boy, you say, what do you mean? Well, if you go into any school, I don't care, grade school, middle school, high school, there's an American flag sitting in the corner. It just sits there. We don't talk about it. We may pledge allegiance. We may not. But you go through 12 years of high school, and that flag in the corner, for some people, inspires them to join the military. 
right mm-hmm. then and there. I'm willing mm-hmm. to fight for this flag. I'm willing to fight for America. To just die because, for it. Yeah, just because it's there. I mean, there are people that get really bent out of shape. You br- try burning a, a an American flag somewhere in the Midwest. Oh. You will get you'll get stoned mm-hmm. for for that. Well, just below that American flag in a lot of classrooms is the globe. It's just a toy. It's just this stupid little blue toy, 12 to 18 inches wide, that sits there, same as the flag, and it sits there from the time you're in kindergarten to the time you graduate from high school. Well, what's the difference? Not much. So when people they people equate the same thing, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's that's where we live, kind of like the flag. It's where we live. I'm willing to fight for it. They're willing to defend it, just not not for any other reason other than it's been with them their entire lives, and. If you have a bachelor's degree in a physical science or a master's degree in anything, you're not getting out of this. I mean, you're you were until the mainstream media says, you know, get caves in. You're you're not going to believe it. And I have I've run into that many, many times. I mean, yes, there's there's a few people out there, you know, some engineers and other people that have have. But the by and large, the majority of people that have, you know, the higher education you get, the more indoctrinated you are. And there's I mean, astrophysicists, they're doomed. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing they can do. So. Well, to, to add on on what you're talking about science, you know, with NASA and uh, there's a lot of things people don't know that they're not going to accept. For example, when I was at Kennedy Space Center this, this weekend with my fiance, she's not into the conspiracy. She hates it. But I have to unload my information somewhere. So sure. uh, here I am pointing out I was reading this thing. I was like, oh, and Von Braun, you know, with the help of Von Braun, I was like, do you know who Von Braun was? Do you know who what he did and who he was? No, right? Uh, people don't know that. And then uh, I pointed out also while we were we were seeing these these models of these rovers, uh, JPL was like, I was like, uh, do you know who JPL was? John Parsons Laboratory. Do you know what he did and who he was associated with? Oh, yeah. And this is the the father of modern day propulsion, you know, rocketry propulsion. And it's stuff like that that people don't know. And once you go into that rabbit hole, it's like, listen, again, it'll take away from that from that patriotic things like no we're the best and i can understand where that's coming because when the indoctrination is so deep and so deeply rooted you know it's very hard to to you know take that away and when you're speaking about flat earth if you really look there's various clues and i want to get into that with you uh there's various things pointing towards it and then obviously you have the ancient literatures and these uh holy scriptures of different different uh, religions and different parts of the world that point also to what could be a flat earth. And one of my favorite ones, uh, the book of Enoch, uh, Enochian literature where, uh, you know, God or whoever had the watchers and, you know, pretty much subcontracted out the work. And it was pretty much an experiment for him. And the reason there was the big flood was because when, when the watchers started messing with the, with the, you know, with the humans, yeah. The genetics and, and, you know, the Nephilim and you have the fallen angels and all that stuff. Uh, he got angry because yeah. why? Because he was messing. They were messing with his experiment. He yeah. got angry because they were messing with his experiment. And even now, uh, to touch on the subject that, you, that we're talking about, as you get more and more education, the more uh, what naive you get. But the thing is, even now, we don't. Quantum physics, for example, we can't, we don't know. That's guessing. That that's literally guessing. You know, the the universe is 13 billion years old. How do you even comprehend that number? And right. one light year, there is seven trillion miles. How do you even comprehend that? That's that's what blows my mind as an amateur astronomer. That I look up at something and they tell me, oh, it's 200 light years away. 
Yeah. What? <laughs> Can you? It's a thousand miles from here to New York, and you're telling me it's seven. How do you even comprehend that? You know that nebula, that neb, that gas nebula is you know 300 light years big. What? Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, we. The numbers are are so huge when it they well they say the numbers are Easy. so huge with space that the only way they can make them even remotely um, relatable to the general public is they have to use brand new terms. I mean, they you know, literally like, like, made the unit. The astronomical unit was made by who? By NASA? By who? By somebody who was run by the government? By yeah. the fucking reptilians? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the um, the the astronomical unit, the light year. I mean, the fact that we have to say that light travels per second because when we say anything bigger than a second, the numbers just become the dizzying. You don't you don't ever ever want to think of them. But yeah, to to your point with space. They, you know, the, the, there's certain things when, when you look at the solar system, you know, and we've had to, the Flatters communities had to learn so many little scientific facts. In fact, I've, I've had to relearn more science because of Flat Earth, which is amazing. The, I, I know more, more about astronomy now than, than your average person on the street just because I had to learn it because I was going after it. And that is, okay, so the Earth is spinning 1,000 miles an hour supposedly at the equator. It's spinning around the sun. It's 60-something thousand miles an hour. But the one that threw me was that... <laughs> Was that the whole solar system is flying sideways like a frisbee flying sideways? Yeah, that's, that's like the a, new one, right? Yeah, that's flying sideways at, at half a million miles an hour, and where the sun is basically it's like a shotgun, where where the sun is the center of the shotgun pattern, and everything else is sailing around it. And I'm going, wait a minute, what, what about what about comets and other things? You're, you're saying that the the sun there's these null gravity points. And yet when we send spacecraft off, they just don't go like when you drop a golf ball out of a car window. Oh, yeah, it'll bounce with you for a couple bounces, but then it's gone because mm -hmm. the momentum, you know, you're not with the car anymore. It's gone. It's it's going to trail off in the distance. I'm going. So we send long distance space probes to these far planets the, and our solar system is traveling sideways at half a million miles an hour. Those probes account for that. And you have a, a reason, a way. Tell me, tell me how it happens. And it, I mean, that's just the beginning. Don't get me started yeah. on space. Yeah. I mean, by God, there was a there's there's dedicated physicists out there spending time swearing. All they're doing their entire lives now are are researching what they call dark matter. They don't dark even know matter. What that, what that is? It isn't a, even a thing. It's not a thing. It's a theory. But, yeah. but they've said it so many times that people believe it's like a real thing. It's like, oh, you mean like Thanos and the whole space thing? I was like, no, not like Thanos. It's not real. <laughs> it's just yeah. a theory because there's That's so much. That's why it's dark because we can't see it. We don't exactly. know what it is. It makes up, what, 80-something percent or like 95% of everything? Yeah, <laughs> what? the crazy yeah, you're right. They call it dark because if they called it invisible matter, people would yeah. be like, get out of here. Like it sounds cooler when you say dark matter and dark energy like oh yeah yeah that's... and they, they they come up with stuff you know the gravitational waves that they supposedly detect and they don't later they revise it later it's like oh no we didn't but the headlines still run it anyway how many how many stories every month now do we see it's like oh we found these super planets these exoplanets planets that, that could hold life blah 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 you know we're gonna there's there's an asteroid made out of diamonds there's an asteroid made out of gold <laughs> there's an asteroid shaped like santa claus another one shaped like a jack-o-lantern it just never yeah. freaking well, ends you, you talk about that but every now and again we're finding what new continents that they're talking about like oh yeah. under new zealand there's a new continent oh between europe and and wherever there's a cotton squished in with you know and it's like we want to go to other planets but you know space that's literally a wormhole but then you would think what you were talking about the different rotations and all this stuff you know you have yeah. stephen hawking who talks about specific uh 
spaghettification where oh, you yeah, just like, yeah, if you're on the wouldn't edge of that happen to us if we're just like swirling all these different directions and like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's a so. it's a great they're great little stories and I, I I figured it out you know a couple of years ago, which was you know because people say what about those stories I'm going the stories they don't they don't even care if you read the article all they want you to do is glance at the headline or maybe even glance at the image which is always some CGI thing, and it's about that there is space that's all they care about which is hey there there could be a face on Mars hey there could be some thing on the top of Jupiter hey there's things on Saturn, it, they don't care about it. again the the story itself all it is is like you're thinking about Mars because you think you're in space and, you know, Jupiter space. Everything's just this space drumbeat to remind you with it. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're in you're in the solar system. You're in this universe. And it, and it works very effectively, except that nowadays with social media, they've had to really pick up the pace because the, the stuff is, is not aged well. You know, a lot of people are asking now. It's like, so why hasn't anybody got back to the moon since 1972? I, I, I was wondering that today, actually. I was wondering that today. And while I was over there at Kenny Space Center, there was things going on. And I was like, you know that mission that they went around the dark side of the moon? And I was like, I told my fiance, I was like, you know what they didn't talk about? Is the weird noises that those guys were hearing when they were, what, two hours or four hours on the dark side of the moon and the weird noises that they recorded that they, they didn't even know what it was. And then they came out and said, oh, it was just interference. Yeah. And it was like these weird alien noises. It just makes me think of H.P. Lovecraft, you know, the uh, that one story he has of the guy who plays the weird music up in his <laughs> up in his apartment and the guy underneath him is like listening to him. You know, oh, cause, yeah, yeah. The cosmic noise. I forgot the, the, the name of the story, but the cosmic noises. I just so it makes me think about it's like, you know, these frequencies that, yeah. but so to wrap up on this, on this space stuff, cause I know that's a wormhole literally, you know, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to wrap that up, what, what the hell are we seeing, Mark? What, what is the moon? What are the planets? What is it? If it's not real, if space isn't real, it, you might as well be looking at a television screen. It'd be like showing somebody from, let's say, go back 30 years ago, 4k television today and i know you're probably not old enough to remember but when the the early hd televisions came out they were so crisp compared to what you know we could actually compare them to what we were using that we were like wow it's like actual you, you could actually move your face really close and, and like newscasters for example had to change you know some news newscasters quit because the the resolution was so good um, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at a projection. You're looking at a really high-end projection system. Uh, the, the planets, the planets and the stars. That's easy. Those are just lights in the freaking sky. Um, the sun and the moon, a little more involved. Um, one is an incandescent light bulb that generates some heat, and the moon, which generates a cold light, um, which is just mind-blowing to me that it actually generates a, a cool laser light, which anybody with a $20 infrared thermometer could could test. And but they're again, they're just lights in the sky. Um, it's basically a giant. What you're looking at is a giant clock. And no one's ever going to dispute that. I mean, you know, it's the whole, you know, astrology is based on that, really. It's the it's the first clock ever created. And, and it's universal. You don't need to know any languages or anything like that. You don't even have to really know numbers. It is a giant, elaborate clock in the sky. Um, and, but it's very, very ornate, you know, it's, um, ornamental. So, uh, you know, many scriptures have said, you know, the sky is just, you know, not only does it tell, you know, the, the seasons and all that other stuff, but it also, you know, signs and wonders type thing. So it's, it's a very elaborate, very cool looking clock. 
which wouldn't be out of the question. And I know one of the other things that you talk about also is the and I've seen them personally, the craters on the moon and oh. the way that they're positioned. Well, they're they're perfect. Yeah, that, that's the part that people again, the average and me included. I am not talking down when I'm when I'm saying this. The average person on the street does not. We we do not get taught physics and engineering and chemistry and anything along those lines. And the moon is a perfect example of that, which is the the law of averages, statistics, right? If you throw enough rocks at something, eventually things are going to skid off in different mm-hmm. directions, right? Well, all the moon craters are are created like the they were hit with meteors or asteroids or whatever you want to call them at a perfect 90-degree angle, meaning they came <laughs> straight down. <laughs> At, at it in all the directions they whatever it hit it came straight down it's like okay first off how did the gravity of the earth not deflect those in any way shape or form and where did they come from that they had to be come straight down it's like it's not like it, it absolutely looks this way and it looks like the moon was decorated that way this is like whoever built the moon just happened to put the you know maybe whether they were doing it to put bread breadcrumbs for us to follow or if it would just look cooler I don't know but that look at the craters they're all there, there should be if you're saying well what, what do you mean what you should you see you should see skidding marks you you know mm-hmm. meteors that glance the moon's surface and flew off I mean go to any firing range and you will see yeah you'll see some dead hits like, you know on targets yeah. here and there but the it's the ricochets the deflections that's where most of them are. And the moon is is not that. It's the opposite. And, and again, people miss it. People miss the the obvious things. Uh, not to go into the moon thing too much, but you know, look at any moon photo and and tell me why the shadows are in different directions. And and again, people's like, what should it look like? It's well, because it, all the shadows are supposed to go in the same directions. You know, one yeah. light source, shadows I in one direction. That's how light works. I didn't think about that one. <laughs> and and it's like, but but again, but, but if people. If the, it's kind of like the spacesuit thing, and I don't want to get in, go into it too much, but the yeah. spacesuit thing was a big key for me, which was the spacesuit defies physics. Everything, if you put in a vacuum chamber, t- blows blows up into a balloon. Take a can of soda, you take a like a Stretch Armstrong or you know any action figure that's got anything pressurized, it blows up into a balloon and then bursts. And there's only one thing we it's ever been created that doesn't do this, and that's the spacesuit. And, and and I I ask people I go which is why I put the spacesuit challenge I go give me a freaking spacesuit put me in a vacuum chamber tell me how I live because tell me what what in that spacesuit defies physics it, yeah it, and and my point is is like we see the astronauts running around the moon in high you know with slow motion which doesn't make any sense because they should be running at high speed it's like oh okay we'll just slow the camera speed down and they're they're running around the moon and they can bend their arms and their knees and their fingers. Absolutely perfectly. They have articulation points where it's like it, the suit seems perfectly flexible. It was brilliant. Whoever came up with that idea, I hope he retired and, and died peacefully because it, it was a great idea. It was like because the early suits, you guys can look this up, which is the early NASA spacesuits were made of heavy plastic and metal and they looked horrible mm-hmm. and clunky. And, the, you know, they couldn't get in and out of anything. They could barely even I walk. saw them. They had like a timeline of all the ones over there. Yeah. At the Space and, Center. And and so, but you know, the engineers going, yeah, this is not going to work for production. It's like, what sort of spacecraft can where are we going to have to try to freaking build to even get these guys to say that we went up there? And then somebody says, you know what? Let's just get them soft suits. Nobody knows anything about physics. <laughs> They'll buy it. We'll just put it on television. No one will question it. And I'll be damned. Of course, in 1969, nobody knew what those spacesuits were supposed to do. 
Yeah. Nobody ever. And and you guys want to look something up? Look up. You know, it's real easy to test. Um, just go into YouTube and type in um, uh, vacuum versus steel rail car. People, I don't know, engineers love doing this, where you apply a vacuum field to the inside of a steel, not aluminum, a steel rail car, and it and it just instantly implodes like it was crushed by Godzilla. Wow. Instantly. I mean, like in a fraction of a second. And you're saying, well, what's the point? My, my point is, is that the movies, and I blame part of this on the movies, is the movies, it's the one thing they really, really, really get wrong. They always make it, they always make it seem like that. When you open it up, you just freeze over and die because why? Because oh, you don't. Well, there, there's some movies that go the other way where they say, oh, there's a pinhole. It's like, get the duct tape. We only have two minutes of air left. And they're running around. It's like. No, no, no. If there's a hole in anything, there's a hole in the side of your spaceship. You're getting sucked out of it, huh? Well, one, you're dead. You're dead instantly. Yeah, it'll try to suck you out instantly, but it's like in a fraction of a second. Um, like if you remember the end of Aliens, where you know she pulls the airlock and she's like, yeah. she's literally crawling against the vacuum, and, <laughs> yeah, there's, and you know, there's all this air rushing out. Um, it, that's that. No, it, she'd be dead. Uh, and the girl would be dead. Everybody would be dead. I mean, there was a Star Trek episode recent, well, not recently, it was during um, Enterprise, where there was a like a dime-sized hole literally leading to space, and he plugs it with his finger and then finish, then patches the hole with meatloaf. <laughs> Could not make that up if I tried. And you yeah. show that on television, people are like, oh, wow, I really should get some meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway. So- so to to move on, because that's a wormhole, literally. If you guys want to look it up, look it up. It's a wormhole. Yeah. There's a ton of evidence, whatever. Yeah. Uh, what are so we talked about the flat Earth model and Antarctica being a ring around it. What right. what do you feel like are the key pieces of evidence that point us to a flat Earth? The biggest one, far and away, is long distance photography. Far and away. Um, I mean, I've got five great points, but the, the, the first one, which everyone will go to right away, is long distance, meaning that if you look off into the distance, you're looking off in, in, over the water usually. You're looking over the curvature of the Earth, and you know the boat goes off to the horizon, and it disappears, and you say, well, it went over the curvature of the Earth, plain and simple, and I would have been right there with you 10 years ago. And then HD cameras got a lot better. A lot better to where they they the zoom now and like the P1000 is like 180x, which is ridiculous. Well, now that boat, which was gone, remember it's gone because of the curvature of the Earth. If you believe mainstream, is eight inches per mile per mile, or eight inches per mile squared, which means you know three miles is three times three is nine times eight is 72. Ten miles is ten times ten is 100 times eight inches, 800 inches, and it gets That's worse. the curvature that it goes down. The, yeah, eventually it gets, it gets more severe because eventually yeah. it's got to go vertical because eventually you're talking about going off the side of a ball. And when, But all of a sudden – and I didn't even tell people to do this. This is where it was really amazing. People just started running down to the beaches and with their cameras and start zooming in on things. <laughs> and they were zooming in on things that were way, way too far away extremely far away as and sea level sea level is one thing we've also got guys shooting things from airplanes which are ridiculously far but sea level is is easier for the math and like the the one that i run into recently which was done by some of the the uk guys um nathan oakley uh, nathan oakley's channel which is really great at this where they were shooting in fact i think the initial shots were were done at miramar beach which is california i believe and they were shooting oil rigs in the distance. One was at six miles and one was at pushing 10. And the, the, the camera is only a foot off the water, a foot. What was amazing was, well, not only were they not supposed to see those oil rigs, not by a long shot. What was amazing was the horizon was behind them on top of it. 
now, which which blows. It's it's we're we're calling it one of our our globe killers because. Again, a lot of people aren't going to necessarily understand this, but the horizon eventually cannot be in cannot be behind those objects. They have to be in front, have to be in front. So, you know, the oil rigs should be partially obscured by the. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're not. They're off there in the distance. And there's no excuse. There's no optical excuse. It it would just keep going and going. And obviously the horizon would be behind it because it just keeps going endlessly. Yeah. Yeah. The the difference between the, the short version of this is. The a flat horizon, if it's perfectly flat, it, the, the only limit to your viewing distance would be your camera or the thickness of the atmosphere, because you know we're only we're breathing in mostly nitrogen and, and a pollution bit of, and stuff like that as well. Well, yeah, pollution and haze and temperature and humidity and all that other stuff. I mean, it's a soup. And if it was a vacuum, you could see very very far. Which, funny enough, that's what happens in the simulations that we make when we make games. And this has been true since games have been out there. I don't care if it's modern, like Fortnite or GTA or Minecraft or whatever. You can see really, 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 really far. And the reason is, is because you're when we build simulations, they're all flat. In fact, they're a box. It's a big cake box where, in fact, the sky is just because computers don't like circles. They don't like rounded edges. Computers, in fact, um, can't draw a circle to save their life. It's just a bunch of tiny squares. It's the reason why pixels are squares. So that's that's the big one is long distance photography. Um, the other ones would, of course, be stuff we were talking about earlier, like the vacuum of space versus gravity. Um, anyone wants to question that, it's like, okay, tell me how, if you put a vacuum chamber above you right now, uh, why, and then, you know, pop, pop the cork on it. Why? And the air is going to rush. It's what's going to happen. It's going to go upstairs. If, if there's a vacuum chamber above you, it's going to go upstairs hundred, hundred out of a hundred times, a million out of a million times. And the question is, why didn't gravity keep the air in your room right now? And you say, what's your point? I go, my point is, is when you go outside, how is gravity keeping the air on the ground you couldn't even keep it in your room and that was a tiny little piece of crap vacuum chamber so why is the vacuum of space which is super 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 big why is the vacuum of space not ripping our atmosphere off um third one would be the um, the eclipse shadow the eclipse shadow is too small can't can't be that we say the the sun and the moon are you know less than 50 miles wide and the eclipse shadow, when it's running across the ground, the blackout zone is only 70 miles wide. Yeah, that's interesting, right? Well, the moon is 2,000 miles wide. So why is the blackout zone only 70 miles wide? And, and science said, well, you know, it convexes down, you know, these f- funny optics, and it turns like a magnifying glass, but with shadows. And we're like, yeah. Something that we would not understand or be able to prove on our own because, again, exactly. like, like you like, said, it may be it may seem like hard work for us, but for somebody who know, who knows it or – you know, it's it's oh, not yeah. out of the question. So if it wasn't the moon, then what did something else block out the sun? A Exa- exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, the um the fourth one, of course, is the moon temperature, which I love so much. Um, the moon the moon generates a cold light. Um, you can you can buy a point and click infrared thermometer or or use different thermometers. But um, so if it's you know if if it's 90 degrees in the sun, it's 80 degrees in the shade. We've all seen that. But in the moonlight, if it's 50 degrees in the moonlight, it's warmer in the moonshade. And and I know that doesn't sound strange right away, but it's like no no no, meaning it's literally you will get cold if you stand in moonlight. You will actually That's be warmer crazy. if you stand in the shade. And it shouldn't be that way. Now, does that prove make a flat Earth? No, 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 it does not. But it absolutely destroys the relationship between the sun and the moon because everyone knows, well, the moon is lit up because it's reflecting the sun. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're told. Find me a scientist. I have yet to find a scientist 
to even explain. We've got wonderful experiments out there. In fact, there's there's the, the even the best experiments, and I was the one that, that suggested this. If you take a magnifying glass to sunlight, you can burn things, right? Burn paper. Mm-hmm. You take a magnifying glass to moonlight, you can actually make things even colder than normal moonlight. Really? Is, yeah, yeah, it's mind blowing. And I would have never yeah, thought about doing that. There's video tests on this, and we've done tests again with with water and copper strips and straight up um, infrared thermometers. And a guy did one um, a couple months ago with Predator Vision, you know, the 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 cameras that can see, you know, like Predator does the, mm-hmm. the thermal imaging cams. And he proved it right then and there. He wasn't even one of ours. He just went out to to see if he could do it. Um, the the other big one that I try to throw at people, the the last one anyway, the, out of my top five is the um, the Van Allen radiation belt question, which again, I've thrown at scientists, they don't know what to do with it. And I say, okay, is the Van Allen radiation belt announced by NASA in 1958? No, I'm sorry, 1959. Is it deadly? Yes or no? And they say, well, it is, obviously. I go, really? I go, because the only thing that can stop radiation is water, um, a whole bunch of water or lead or gold. And so how do the Americans get through it? without any shielding because they didn't use gold or lead or a whole bunch of water and they made round trips from the 60s to the early 70s and nobody died and nobody got radiation poisoning nobody even got cancer um there's still five of these guys walking around today how, how how'd they do it and then then i've seen guys flip it's like well okay well it's not very deadly i'm going well yeah you can't go there either because you go to the nasa.gov website and there's a wonderful video there called orion trial by fire which they NASA made. I think it won like a, lo- a local Emmy in Texas, where they say, oh, yeah, we can't um, we can't do any capsule testing with people because we haven't solved the radiation problem yet of the Van Allen belts. And so, what? What are you talking about? You solved it perfectly. In fact, you solved it flawlessly. Nobody, you know, you 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 beat it. You beat the odds there. Nobody ever had a problem with radiation, and now you're saying you can't even test it. And yeah, between those five questions, it usually it usually shuts people down. Again, do any of them absolutely prove flat Earth? No, but they create so much reasonable doubt in the globe that it gets you thinking. And yeah, that, that's... and that's where people start. And again, well, I'll tell you and anyone's listening. If you like your life the way it is, <laughs> you think you got a good beat <laughs> thing, beat on things. Don't look at this. Trust, because yeah, you trust me, dude. This isn't the only thing that I've looked at where it's made me question, but you know, uh, this, well, this one's bad because once you're in it, I mean, especially if you're if you're trying to fight it, you will have some really tough days. Where I mean, I was sitting there. I mean, I had this moment literally. Where I was just banging my head on the keyboard. It's like, no, this can't be right. This can't be right. But again, you know, the government lies about a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Why wouldn't they lie about something like this? It's just information. That's all. So, so Mark. Now that we know this, what does this all mean and, and, and who benefits from the globe agenda? Why? And I know we talked about Enoch and stuff, you know, where he, they were controlling right. the, the experiment. Who who benefits from, from, well, from all this? Well, the, the big benefit is, I hate to say it, it's us, which is it's just civilization. Meaning the, the problem with this this one is, is that we didn't even figure it out. Even our best and brightest didn't figure it out until almost 1960. Well, by then, the infrastructures have already been hardened. You know, the civilization is already built up. I mean, you can't it's and it's pretty fragile. I mean, for God's sakes, look what the coronavirus is doing lately. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, that's just a stupid virus, which may or may not be completely accurate. And so it's 5G, by case, the way. Think, think, think <laughs> about this. If you found out in 1960, remember, this is before way before the Internet. 
You found out in 1960. Would you tell the general public? So you sit down with a meeting with some of your, you know, smoking man friends, you know, people, people of power, you know, let's call it the power meeting. And you say, well, should we tell the people? And it's like, okay, what benefit does, first off, they'll say, what, who does it benefit if we tell people now? And then they say, okay, what could go wrong? It's like, okay, well, first off, every university in every country would have to, the astrophysics and astronomy, that's gone immediately. (laughs) And then your remaining physical sciences, geology, hydrology, biology, archaeology, take your pick. Those would literally have to be rebuilt from the ground up. Libraries would have to be emptied and refilled. I mean, it would be chaos in academics. That's just academics. Economically, world markets would have to be suspended for months until you figured out exactly what it meant. uh, Because you don't know. I mean, you're, you're talking about a massive paradigm shift. Um, but the biggest one, the the reason it's like, who benefits here? Who benefits is science more more than anyone, which is what our civilization is based off of. You're talking about l- telling the five major religious houses of the world, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Christianity. You're basically telling them that they now have leverage against science. And you're also telling them n- not to use it, right, to show restraint. Do you think the, the, those religious houses are going to show restraint? Not really, no, um, because they've been beat over the head with textbooks for the last five centuries. And the, between those three things, you're talking about some potential big shockwaves that could go through the, the system. And so it wasn't that they benefited as much as they could use it to hold on to things until they decided to let this out. To the, to the general public and then figure out a way that it would benefit them. I don't think it benefited them ba- anybody back in 1960. It was only like, it's okay, we can't tell, let anyone know this. It's like, it's like telling somebody, you know, they're adopted after they're 30 years old. Yeah. What, what good is it going to do? It's probably not going to do any good to tell them, but it could, could cause a lot of damage. And so that's where we are now. Um, you're talking about the, the infrastructure has been put in place. You know, you've got high-speed internet, social media, 6 billion smartphones. More people own smartphones now than have running water. And now you have a way of pushing out the narrative to everybody simultaneously to get the story straight. You know, the old criminal thing, get your story straight. Yeah. That's what you, that's what you have the ability to push out. And but, if you can do that, yeah, I mean, you can push out a, a fantastic narrative to where nobody even gets in trouble. I mean, all you have to do is say, well, you know, an advanced civilization told us to do it and, and, and you know, make up anything you want. And that way you can let NASA off the hook. Somehow, because NASA is too big to fail. You know, they're a branch of the U.S. military. The U.S. United States. That's what I kept seeing on the on the on the models. United States, USA. You know, it's oh, all yeah. you know yeah, the NASA, American flag. But then people, again, the the Nazis put us on the uh, on the moon. You know, if well, we ever did go on the moon. Yeah. Don't don't forget that even though NASA is so fascinating to me because you know yeah they wear white uniforms they don't carry guns they smile for the camera. They are the face of science, but they are absolute. They're uniquely military. You know, they were built on the still burning embers of the, of the Nazi war machine. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Soviets in the United States. We split the scientists. A little, yep. <laughs> a little tip for people: if you're really, really, really smart, you don't die in, yeah. in war. <laughs> you are treated. You are more valuable than gold. And yeah. that's what they did. It's like, oh yeah, we got to get some of these guys. You were packed. You know, you are sent off. Your war record is expunged, and you get you're treated good, like you're good to go. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, you are set. Von Braun, he could do no wrong. 
He absolutely was, you know, he could he could do anything he wanted. It's like, look, in any other situation, he'd be a, he'd be a war criminal. Yeah, definitely. Think, he is a war criminal. He is a war much. criminal. But but be, if you're really really smart, again, resources are resources, and exactly. you know, you're not gonna. We're, it's we're all, gonna it's all about who you know, and and you know, to touch on that, that's why I like the the flat Earth model because it it it, it you know accents the simulation because what you were saying about you know let's say it was the reptilians right sure. whatever yeah or the the insectoid race from rick and morty from another planet another dimension <laughs> whatever you know let's say it is them right they're the elites they're super rich they have all the money they were dealt a good hand in this simulation right yeah so it's like you said why would they expose it Oh, when God, they're yes. the ones that have the upper hand, and if if we could leave the simulation, just how when that guy in the Matrix wanted to cut a deal with uh, Agent Smith and said, "Listen, I wanna, you know, when you load me back up, I don't remember, I don't want to remember anything. I want to be super rich, this and that, da, da, da. I want to have it all." Yeah. You know why would he want to leave once he has all that? Yeah, you know, it's, you know it's, what I mean. It, yeah, it's something, you know, you, you kind of got me thinking about something which I'll probably use in, in interviews moving forward. It's like, because people ask me that all the time. It's like, who would benefit? It's not that they would, you would benefit. It's that you wouldn't lose anything. Yeah, you know, the, the, the rich don't want to lose their, their biggest thing is they don't want to be poor. You know, they, we ain't got nothing to lose. We're peasants. Yeah, and a, they do. There's <laughs> a wonderful rule of power. It's the number one rule of power, which is stay hidden. That is, I mean, it's it's kind of the the weird paradox of, of having power is the true people of power can't be public. They're because, not on the Forbes list. They're not on the Forbes list. They're, they're, no, no, they're not. And, and so when everyone says, oh, the richest man in the world, I correct everybody every time. I say oh, yeah. the most public man in the, you know, man in the world. It's like when yeah. Bill Gates is like, Bill, oh, Bill Gates, the richest man in the world. Or at the time, I was like, no, he's the most public. And the reason why is because the the old saying, um, the the stay hidden thing, the, the longer version of that is never put yourself in a position where you can be overthrown. If the public doesn't know who you are, they can't burn it down. They cannot go after mm-hmm. you. And it's why kings, presidents, yeah. there's coups happen, but that's because you know there it's those are the people that took that risk. The the really really powerful people, they don't take that chance. They don't want to be known. And in fact, the X-Files, you know, the, the series from the 90s, they were the ones that pushed that out more than anything, especially the X-Files movie where the people that were sitting around the table, you had no idea who they were. And that's the point. You know, they you know, nobody knew who they were and you were never going to know. So. Uh, so, Mark, I have two two last questions for you. and We'll, we'll yeah. wrap up with these two last questions. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't know if you've been asked this before. What would change your mind about flat earth? What would you need to see to be like, listen, I will hang my gloves up and I was wrong this entire time. What 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 would it need to be, Mark, to, to... one of one of two things. Uh and no, I have I have gotten that question before. Not that often, but but I've refined my answer over the years, which is the the, the if you wanted to make it to where it would absolutely prove it for me. Put a 4K camera on the on the capsule of any rocket that's leaving this world. Turn it on, point it at the ground. Don't point it up. Point it at the ground. Make sure it doesn't move. Make sure it doesn't sputter. And because all every everything we've ever shot up with rockets, the cameras are on like stage one or stage two, which is done very deliberately. And what should happen is as that rocket leaves, the earth should turn, you know, like you're you're moving a basketball away from your face. It should turn into a globe. And it's never happened in the history of space travel. 
in any space program. No one's ever, 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 ever done that. It's they, they always, when they get up to a certain altitude and it's not very high, they switch over to computer generation or uh, CGI graphics, or they just start editing the footage. And it's like, give me unedited 4K footage from any rocket. I don't care whose who's rocket it is. And it wouldn't cost that much. You know, you, know, you could put it on a third-party 4K camera. Just give me the freaking footage and let us analyze it. Like anything, let us bring it into Photoshop or Visual Studio or whatever. That That's the, the harder version, which is why I came up with the easy version. The easy version is the vacuum chamber test for me, which is it's simple because if – basically I'm saying that the spacesuit – if the spacesuit is wrong, then every single thing that shows somebody in a spacesuit is also a lie. So, which is why it's like, look, every spacesuit you've ever designed ever, again, statistics, no spacesuit has ever, ever had a problem. Nobody's ever died in a spacesuit ever. It's, it's been flawless from the moon, Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, Soyuz, the space station. Hmm. Thing. So give me a freaking spacesuit. I don't care what year it's from because they're all perfect, apparently. Give me a freaking spacesuit, not tethered, none of this tethered um, G suit, you know, the, the G4 suits they use in fighter planes. Give me a self-contained, you know, because there's got to be, remember, there's this magical thing in the backpack that, that they've got and put me in a vacuum chamber and pull the switch. And, of course, it'd be nice if there was somebody from science in there with me. Otherwise, I'd just become a martyr. But that <laughs> that would go a long, long way because if you can show me, and, of course, I'd want to know before I got in there. It's not a necessity, but I think I'd be curious. It's like, tell me, because I still have yet to find a scientist to do this. Tell me what is in that backpack that stops a freaking vacuum. Forget, I don't care about the heating and cooling and oxygen and CO2 scrubbers and all that other crap. Tell me what what magical thing to you know does that. And and let me throw in one more little barb into that, which is if you want to have some fun, find me audio any audio footage. I don't care if it's video or audio or whatever. Find me audio footage of any astronaut that ever complain that ever talks about how much air he's got left. Ever. And you're thinking, well, what do you mean? I go, well, okay, if anyone knows anybody that's ever scuba dived, the only thing scuba divers ever, ever, ever care about is the mm -hmm. freaking, how, how much time is left. They're always looking at their watch or their gauges. How much air do I get left? They're checking constantly. And when they drop like on below 10 minutes, they're on their, they're already thinking of their, I'm on their way out. But when it came to astronauts, especially the ones on the moon, they never talked about it. They could just walk around and do all this stuff, and they never were checking time. And never find me someone's like, oh, we only got 20 minutes of air left, Fred. Oh, I'm down to – my oxygen levels are down to, you know, 13% or blah, blah, blah. Never, ever happened. And he's like, again, just glossed over it. People are like, oh, wow, they don't seem to – it's kind of like the um, – not, not to go off on a quick tangent. It's kind of like the gas gauges in Star Wars. Right. So like eight movies. No, there was no gas cages. You could fly around. <laughs> no, yeah, no problem. Right. You never ran out of fuel ever. And then <laughs> in the freaking last Jedi movie, gas cages. That's like, yeah, what? When it's convenient. But, you know, uh, I saw an episode with uh, Joe Rogan. We had that astronaut on. And oh, of, um, Scott Kelly. Some, yeah, something like that. Speaking on. Like, oh, no, I think it was Hatfield. I think it was the mustache guy. Hadfield. No, it was bald. It was a bald guy. Oh, then it was Scott Kelly. Yeah. So uh, Joe Rogan, he's like, yeah, when I was looking out this window, uh, you know, because the, the time before that I went over there, you know, there wasn't a window. And Joe Rogan was like, wait, there wasn't a window the first time you went? And then the second time, who built the window? And he's like, ha, 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 And he just changed the subject real quick. Like, who the hell built the, I, you know, the ISS station? Not only that, but you were talking about the vacuum of space. I was yeah. reading something up today that there, supposedly there was a... 
a, a, a hole in the space station one time and they ended up cl- uh, closing it up with something. I don't know what the hell they closed it up with. But what? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're absolutely right. And and if I remember that because the hole in the space station. You can look this up, by the way. Yeah. Because um, we we pointed this out right away. Chris Hatfield tweeted the hole in the space station. Yeah. And the internet's really good about finding stuff. And they found that that the hole that he used was the album cover for a Christian rock band from like <laughs> ten years earlier. Yeah. And and that and that and the Christian rock band grabbed it from a NASA image that was fifteen years before that. It's like Hatfield, you ass. It's like, what are you thinking? It's yeah. Like, well, why would, like, doesn't that just right there just blow it out of the water? It's like, what? There's a hole. Like, oh, yeah. that, you would be dead. <laughs> You'd be dead. Well, again, it would, be, it would implode. They, they go with the movie stuff, which is, you know, they see a hole. It's like, oh, again, we only got two minutes of air left. bubble and, gum. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Or or the thing, by the way, I've got to mention Joe Rogan real quick, because Joe Rogan is the only person in the history of conspiracies that doesn't believe in conspiracies anymore. But <laughs> he still, I think in his heart, because Alex Alex Jones said that that Rogan was compromised some years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah, which is why that. he has one of the best or the most popular podcasts oh, yeah. in the sure. country. And but Joe Rogan was the guy, you know, years ago. I mean, he 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 went after NASA and he with great conviction, and he was fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then he he all of a sudden Flip went off the, the air for like a year, and comes back, and lo and behold, he had a brand new show on the Sci Fi Channel called Joe Rogan Questions Everything. And the very first episode, he apologized and recanted for anything bad he ever said about NASA. Or like when he has okay. Eddie Bravo on. Eddie Bravo, who who he doesn't even let him talk when he's getting into flat Earth and you know all the all these crazy conspiracies. But oh yeah, yeah, Eddie. He uh, Rogan knows. Rogan was clever though. He brings it up as many times as he can. Yeah. But he still has <laughs> obligations to where he can't. He will never be able to endorse it. But yeah, he he'll like he'll bring Eddie on and and let him let him talk about it. And I'm glad Eddie, you know, he's with us. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping so, he would go to the Dallas conference, but we'll get we'll get him eventually. I want to wrap up with this last question, and and yeah. we can end on this note. Uh, how obviously you're into this whole community. You're you're pretty big in the community of, of flat Earth. Again, you yeah. called yourself the freshman recruiter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had the Netflix documentary, which I know you guys had nothing to do with it, but it made it look. It made you guys look bad at the end, something weird, but that's yeah. a whole another, you know. That's a whole another thing. Tangent. How how are you able, or how have you dealt with the negative feedback and the you know the dogma that just comes associated with this whole idea? Because again, we talked about at the beginning how people attack you. How have, how are you? Do you do something in specific that you're able to deal with this? Is there a certain mindset? Yeah. Well, how? How? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. And and you're right. People get really, really bent out of shape. And, and the first reaction, again, there's five stages of acceptance. It's denial followed immediately by anger. Uh, and it's because of the conditioning. But I can't get mad because I was, you know, I, I tell people, I go, I can't get mad at you or whoever it is. It's like, why didn't you yell at that guy? Because I was that guy. Because back in 2014, I was right there. I was, uh, I was absolutely, you know, I, I remember physically being embarrassed by even clicking on my first flat Earth video. Physically flushed. I, I mean, I, I actually turned red, and I caught myself. It's like, why am I getting embarrassed? I mean, God sakes. I mean, I'm old enough. I've seen a lot of weird stuff on the internet. <laughs> a lot of naked people that you shouldn't be, you know, <laughs> anywhere near. And this was was not that. And so. I became, you know, I, I, it, it's hypocritical for me. I can't yell at people. I can't be mean and, and say, look, you know, why are you yelling at me? You're being, you know, all, all the hate 
because I know why they're, I know exactly why they're, they're getting bent out of shape. In fact, it's something I, I wrote about, I think in the first book, which I said, if you don't have an adverse reaction to flat earth in the first 20 minutes, there's probably something wrong with you. You're a reptilian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know the truth. <laughs> everybody braces against it. And and why wouldn't they? I mean, you're you're basically telling people, again, it's it's like walking up to somebody and saying, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm 99% sure you're adopted. You know, and the more you say it, the more angry they get <laughs> until finally, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, where are the, who are those people at the doorstep, you know, when I was really, really young? So, yeah, no, I, I can't get mad. Can't can't do it. Um, I, you know, I try to set a good example and, uh, you know, I just try to stay the course and, and die. I, I, you put up enough positive energy up front and people will generally know, you know, the, the big key for, for me is not to get defensive right away, not to dig in my heels and start, you know, snapping back. Um, you know, if they take personal shots, sure. You know, I might I might take a couple swings here and there. But the re- most other people are, are, you know, nice as long as you hold to your convictions and and you believe it. And I do. Uh, then, you know, I, things will tend have tended to work out fine. Right on, Mark. Are you a reptilian by any chance? <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of something clever that would you make signed a, 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 a NDA. You can't disclose it. Yeah, exactly. No further comment. Wait, you're not recording this, are you? No, 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 are, could there be reptilians out there? Sure, maybe, uh, I am not one of them, nor am I, um, because people have said, oh, you know, you're obviously a government agent, it's like, if I am, I am the greatest secret agent of all time, uh, and I am not, anyone that meets, meets me in person for five minutes, like, oh my god, he's a big dork, it's like, yeah. I am, so. So, Mark, thank you again so much for coming on, man, I had a great time, yeah, uh, I didn't ask you at the beginning, but I always do um, uh, to put to plug in your information. If people want to reach out to you or they want to read your books, uh, your YouTube channel, so you can plug that in and people can oh, look yeah, more, yeah. And go in, more into um, the wormhole flat. Just you know what? There's so much content from so many great people. Don't focus on necessarily on my stuff um, to, to get to my stuff directly. Just type in flat earth clues. Um, if you type flat earth in YouTube, you're going to get a whole bunch of mainstream channels right off the bat. Um, flat earth clues will get you, if you just Google flat earth clues, you'll get to a lot of stuff. Um, and I've got playlists on my YouTube channel with all sorts of other creators. I mean, we've got wonderful content makers from everywhere and there's a lot of, a lot of great stuff out there. The book is called flat earth, um, clues. You know, there's, there's sky's the limit, end of the world. Those are on Amazon. The documentary is called behind the curve. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful journey. I'm, I'm just humbled to be a part of it. Thank you so much, Mark. You've been uh, a, a cool guy, great guest, and I really had a lot of fun with this episode, man. Thanks. Thank you for being on, Mark. All right. So there you have it. Space is fake and the earth is flat. What more could you ask for, right? And the reptilian overlords are trying to control us. So remember to check out Mark's work on his YouTube channel. He's got a few books out. Also has some documentaries. Make sure to follow us on social media at the Juan Juan Podcast. You want to shoot me an email? Shoot me an email at the Juan Juan Podcast at gmail.com. Also check out our website, www. Guess what? The Juan Juan Podcast.com. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun with it. Again, it's it's all a possibility. Just keep an open mind towards everything. Not saying I believe in flat earth, but a lot of things in history that make you go, hmm, 